1: Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbotton, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. Fully loaded show, as always. Allen Robinson is in Pittsburgh. How does he fit? What is the outlook for the 2023 season when it comes to the pittsburgh steelers wide receiver core on top of that pre-draft visits are officially done book closed there are three big names that the pittsburgh steelers assumingly canceled pre-draft visits with what does it mean and on top of that where are they going with 17 we still seemingly have no idea but we're going to take some guesses it's uh it's been a beautiful week in the burg here i don't know how it is in good old kentucky but uh you know for those of you who haven't heard good old d bell steelers db announced uh baby number two on the way so congratulations my friend and uh, how you feeling
0: appreciate that brother yeah i'm excited about it um been good here i mean weather's been great I'm we're fi- home stretch man final home stretch, home stretch uh to draft weekend uh we'll be less than a week away now um that's crazy, man. uh Time's flying by. I'm really excited, though, to get to next week to figure out, you know, kind of where all the pieces uh end up falling.
1: Yeah, it's actually wild. I've never, have you, do you remember a draft this close in the last couple of years where you like were just so uncertain about the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point?
0: Yeah, no, I really do feel like that. I mean, at least since, I mean, I've been, you know, formally or informally scouting the draft since like 2013, I think was the first one that like, I mean, I've always followed it, but, um, that was the first one I was like writing down my thoughts for. Um, but this one, I don't know, man, this is definitely the, one of the more uncertain ones that I can remember just in terms of figuring out, you know, the position The I mean, I think we have a good idea of like players that they're interested in, but I just feel like with the way the roster is, um. You know, I just it's different than years past, like 2020, like it was Najee Harris all the way, like last yep. year, even though um maybe Pickett wasn't the, you know, the number one guy in terms of quarterback that we thought they'd be interested in. But we knew they were going to take a quarterback in the first round. They did. This one's just like, man, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it could go so many different directions. Um, So I'm excited to see kind of how it plays out.
1: Yeah, me too. And I think I got to give a little bit of credit to Omar Khan because it's felt like a minute since the Steelers have had a, a roster that was so put together. You were like, oh, okay. Like, this is a biggest heading into the draft. Even last year, like, there was a quarterback. It was Mitch Trubisky. You felt good about it. But at the same time, you're like, you knew that you had to add. This year, it's like, if you ignore this position, they'll be okay. If you ignore this position, they'll be okay. And it's not like they'll be okay right now, like, they'll probably be okay for the entire year. And maybe next year as well, like there's no pressing need right now. So they've definitely done a good a good job. We'll get into a lot of that because I think that there are some names that we and we have. We've had conversations about like, oh, they are in love with this guy. Well, they canceled a pre-draft visit with this guy and now reports say the opposite. So we're we're, going to we're going to get into all that first. I want to talk to Alan Robinson comes to Pittsburgh. Uh, have you seen the restructured contract on top of that? Uh, you know, for those of you who don't know by now, seventh round draft swap, the Steelers move back to 251 from 234. They take on just $5 million of Allen Robinson's contract. And on top of that, uh, they changed the base salary as of yesterday. So they're saving even more money on this guy. As of now, the $5 million that they were supposed to spend on Allen Robinson this season has now been converted into a $3.825 million signing bonus with a $1.165 million salary. So they somehow got Allen Robinson and took $1.1 million off their salary cap for a guy who was set to make $18 million this season. Like, wild, wild numbers. But now you look at the season and where Allen Robinson fits. Is he assumed the slot guy? Like, the slot guy? Do you see him bouncing outside a little bit? I mean, depending on where he's been in his career, he's played different positions but i think that the big physical body that the pittsburgh steelers have been looking for in the slot kind of matches what he brings to pittsburgh
0: yeah i think it's it's interesting man like you look at robinson like just in his usage last season um you know with la Uh, He played about a third of his snaps in the slot. And that's really been consistent um, over the course of his career, Um, especially post Jacksonville. He's played between about, you know, 28 to 40 something percent of his snaps in the slot. And that's not really all that um, strange for a number one receiver. Um, Last year, his usage was a little bit different um, just because of he's playing a new offense. Um, The Rams, man, like I'll be honest, When I saw the trade happen, I knew that they weren't going to be giving up much just because of how disappointing his season and really the Rams season was in general last season. Um, And with the huge contract, I was like, there's no way they're sending anything to get this guy. This is a salary dump for the from the Rams perspective. Um, And I was pretty pessimistic about. The trade, just because I was like, please tell me they're not retaining a bunch of this salary. Because yeah. When I watched the Rams live last year, there was there's not a lot good that happened. I no. mean, Cooper Cup was still really good when he was healthy, um, but the offensive line was shambles. They couldn't run the ball. Matt Stafford looked washed at times. Um, and then Allen Robinson like, was not productive. So it was it was one of those things. But when I went back and looked at the film, I'm a lot more optimistic about that now than i was originally when i heard the news
1: yeah yeah 100 i mean you you saw this that was my first reaction i was like oh man fans are gonna be so excited until they see the cap hit and then they're gonna be so upset about the situation but you know i just like you said like i didn't expect much i think a seventh round swap for this guy is unbelievable because when healthy it's been it's been two seasons of injured Allen robinson and that's been you know, kind of a trend throughout his career. But the last time this guy played 17 games in a season, back-to-back, he had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. So it's not like he's not productive. Like, he's just had two very disappointing seasons. It's there. The talent's certainly there. It's a good fit for Kenny Pickett. Um, And I think it, it helps because it doesn't take too much away from Calvin Austin. That was my biggest concern through all this is, Okay, you got to bring somebody in that could play the slot, but that could also play the outside because you're going to want Calvin Austin to do some of the same stuff. And you don't want Austin to be that fourth wide receiver who never plays, you know, like you want him to have his reps and have his play designs. You want him to be involved in this offense as much as you can, because last year, like that was the plan in training camp. The dude was lighting it up and the injury was unfortunate. You got to bank on, okay. well, he still has never played an NFL game. What's the foot injury going to do? But at the same time, like, you know, this guy's your fourth round draft pick a year ago. You had super high expectations for him, a higher grade than where you drafted him. You have to have some expectations. So, yeah, I I do think I, I like that aspect of it all. Where do you go from here? Like you still expect them to draft a wide receiver and if so, like what type of wide receiver?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Robinson's a good complement to what they already had, right? Yeah. Like he's a big slot type who also who has that inside outside versatility. And like I think that's what the Steelers want. Um maybe t- for their receivers not to be as stationary as they've been in the past. We saw George Pickens rotating the slot more a, a little bit as the season went on last year post-Chase Claypool trade. Uh, we've seen Deontay Johnson move a little bit more in the slot. So um, having three guys that can rotate like that is going to be really helpful. And I think it also answers the question of what happens – what was going to happen next year if Deontay or George were to get hurt like in trade? Yeah. Like, who was playing on the outside, like the X or the Z? I mean, I really – I don't know the answer to that. I think it would probably be Calvin, but I don't – or a rookie receiver, which neither one of those options are probably, like, exactly optimal. So, like, getting Allen Robinson in here leaves you a veteran guy that you trust. Like, if something happens to one of those two guys, you're still going to have your boundary receiver uh, position taken care of. And um, But as far as, like, where they go from here, I mean, I think um, – It really just depends on the value of the board. I think they've put themselves in the position to where, um, you know, it's probably off the table, I would say, with their first-round pick. I mean, if if they just – if they secretly have a thing for, like, a Jordan Addison or something like that, and he's there at 32 or maybe even 49, um, maybe they could look at that and say, like, all right, this value is too, it's too good to be true. Like we need to pull the trigger, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it really is one of their, it's going to be one of their focal points in this draft. Um, now that they've got Robinson, um, but I still could see them pulling the trigger in like round three, round four, like some guys that, um, I think they could look at, you know, if Jaden Reed from uh, Michigan States there, if Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss is there, I think those two names still make sense. Um, or maybe they take like a, a late flyer um, on a on a specialist like uh, Ford Wheaton or somebody like that. So True. I, I don't want to completely rule it out, but there's definitely bigger needs than receiver now on the roster for sure.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. And I mean, I'm with you on I think 32 was an option depending on who falls, because I don't know where Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers or any of these guys going to go. You don't follow the notion of ESPN. Just Mel Kiper just hammering the fact that the Steelers are drafting Say Flowers. That's hours. weird to me, dude. The the second time was weird. The first one I was like, okay, you know, like a shot in the dark. There's a connection there. I get it. The second time I was just like, he's just really trying here. Like, there's something had to change. They did. They traded for Allen Robinson by the time that second draft came out. It just <laughs> didn't. It didn't make any sense. But I I see you. Like I I get I get the Jordan Addison at 32 or Zay Flowers at 32. Like or even like a Josh Downs, if he's there at 49, like, I I agree. I think if their name falls to them, just like they did Calvin Austin a year ago, like they're going to put value over the position of need. And, And on top of that, I don't think that they have, like they don't have alarming issues right now. They have a couple of depth issues and they'll probably have to address those in the draft. But if a wide receiver slides to them and they're saying, oh, this guy's super talented and we'll add to our, repertoire and and give us five wide receivers that we feel really confident in well then that's what they're gonna do you know and i I think those are all names wheaton's definitely a name reed's definitely a name mingo went my mock draft yesterday i think he's certainly a name just because he fits that bill and like will be a fourth round guy so i think that's exactly where they're looking for for a wide receiver um are there that though like you look at mingo has that in and out versatility and he's like a bigger guy reed does as well but he's you know wheaton does i guess but he's a later round pick but a lot of these kids are smaller dudes most likely going to play in the slot in the nfl you know or like maybe be an ex like a deontay johnson type thing but they just they they don't fit you know every they're not george pickens george pickens is not in this draft like at all
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal
1: So do you kind of see like, oh, the Steelers have to go this type of wide receiver? Like, do you see a cluster of one type of player this year? Yeah,
0: I mean, we talked about it on the draft show uh, this week. I mean, yeah, there's I gonna a say ton yesterday. of slots. I mean, just small slot receivers. It's like I mean, the whole draft. Is, yeah, this is just the draft. Like, if you want a 5'9", 5'10", 170-pound yeah. receiver, um, you can find one for whatever flavor you're looking for. But yeah. like I said, man, I, I think – to me, a guy like Robinson with a little more size um, is a better fit when you've already got a guy, a smaller receiver like Calvin Austin. Like, yeah. I think, uh, you know, we use the expression all the time of, uh, you know, building your receiver room out like a basketball team. And I think the Steelers have have done that um, to to an extent. And I just – one of the things, about, just to get back to Robinson real quick before we move on, but um, I just really appreciate what – robinson does near the goal line that was something that stood out i went back and watched three games i did i did a video on two of them and you know this dude was constantly beating press coverage and constantly winning in the red zone and like when you look at some of the Steelers' struggles in the red zone last year um you know robinson is that big body his ability to beat press um and gain separation kind of in those uh tight quarters man the catch radius the body control the hands like Those things, even if he has lost a step um, because of all the injuries just piling up on him, um, I still think he's going to be a really useful um, guy. And I I think just based on what they gave up to, like just understanding, um, you know, what they invested in this dude and what the expectations should be, like Allen Robinson is going to be your probably fourth target after Johnson, Pickens, and Friarmouth. Um, if he's healthy, just based on the, the tape that I saw, um, even from last year, I still think he's one of the better fourth targets probably in the national football league. I really do believe that. So, oh, yeah, um, I th- I think it's a good, I it's, it's a good move. I'm surprised. Like I said, when I first heard the news, I was like, Oh no. Um, but, I after going through the film, man, I the film's the film and I, I, I liked, uh, I liked what I saw
1: for sure. The film is the film. I agree with you. I watched a little bit, didn't get three games in, but I do. I think Robinson's a good, good fit for exactly what they were doing in their wide receiver core a year ago. You know what I mean? To come off of Miles Boykin, Gunnar Olszewski, really, that was it. Steven Sims, you know, to come into this feels, and I get it, it's April, but it feels it feels really good about the direction of the Steelers receiving core. All right, let's talk NFL draft. Pre-draft visits are over. They brought in 27, 26 guys, somewhere around there for their top 30 visits. They had three big names that they canceled or did cancel uh, throughout this course. Dwan Jones, who has been probably the top of their list on many people's draft boards for a long time. Gervon Dexter, which you had a prediction a couple of weeks ago saying that him or Keanu Benton will definitely end up a Pittsburgh Steeler. It's looking more a little bit like Keanu Benton at this point. And then Keely Ringo, who was probably the most surprising name on that list to not come in for a pre-draft visit after everything that they've done with him. And this, the opposite end of that, you bring in Darnell Washington, Brian Breze, and Roger Johnson, which are three huge names, but also bring a lot of questions with them and the interest level and where they could find them as well. Let's start with the guys that did not come in. You've seen the reports about Jones saying that Steelers were upset with him at his pro day because he didn't do anything. You know, now everybody's talking about him sliding down the board. Do you look at the Steelers and say, well, maybe this isn't the option for him? Maybe maybe this isn't the guy that we thought he was. And maybe the Steelers are over it.
0: Yeah, I mean, who really knows? Right. It's all speculation. Yeah. I mean, with Jones, though, I mean, they, they've they spent a ton of time on him. I mean, I just mm. they've still spent a ton of time on him, just from the senior bowl to the combine to the pro day. Like, this is still a guy that they're really familiar with. And, I, like, I want to also say, like, with the top 30s, like, I've seen this happen before where prospects have – have said that, you know, top 30 visits can get canceled for any particular reason. I mean, I've, I know, I know of a draft prospect last year that got, had a top 30 visit get canceled um, because of weather, like he couldn't get out yeah. of the airport that he was in. And then he had other visits the next day. So like, sometimes it's like a scheduling thing. Um, it's not necessarily saying like the team, like, you know, Didn't bring them in. Like, there's a bunch of uh, factors there that can go into that decision making or uh, those things taking place. So um, as far as Jones, I think they've seen enough of him. Um, You know, Keely Ringo, another guy that they've spent a lot of time on, maybe not as much as Jones, but, you know, formal visit at the combine. Um, They were at his pro day as well. So they're pretty familiar with him. Um, some of the names that they did end up bringing in, I thought, I thought were interesting. Uh, you know, Darnell Wright. I was at his podium at the combine. He was basically saying that you know, he met formally with twenty something teams, and we we couldn't get him to say like which teams he met with. But um, I thought it was interesting that he had a top thirty after Andy White was at. Um, I believe Andy White was at his yeah he was whole day, um, so he's definitely like probably. I think in the in the mix there at yeah. 17. So um yeah, I mean some of the names that ended up getting brought in uh were definitely uh interesting ones for sure, like Darnell Wright, Darnell Washington.
1: Darno Washington. You think double Washington's a real a real thing here?
0: I don't know. So I was doing I did a I did a video with Nick Fairball from Steelers now on Sunday, and uh he brought up this uh possibility and it was something that I've thought about, and I think we probably talked about too, but of, of drafting Washington in the second round and mm-hmm. then having basically for our move, just like basically yeah. just be a move type big slot. And, yeah, and he could give you an upgrade as a block, as a blocking uh, tight end. So I, I think it's an interesting thing. I, I, I've said multiple times that Washington is one of the highest floor players in this class. Like I don't see how he just completely busts because Tight ends with his size, even though he can improve on his technique, like his actual uh hand placement with blocking, he's just so freaking big, so strong, and so athletic that he's going to be a weapon. Like he's gonna be a good blocker at the next level. He already is. Yeah. So um, I think you know, getting him in a room, like even if he's a Mercedes Lewis, Martellus Bennett type yeah, yeah, yeah. player, he's still gonna be really valuable, even if he never is like i don't i personally after watching washington a lot last season i don't think washington's ever going to be anything more than like probably a fourth option on a team like i don't see receiving option yeah i don't no. ever see him being like a primary passing option but like when you can do some of the things that he can do as a blocker um and you can put him on the field and you can dictate personnel um anytime you want i think that's uh you know, still pretty valuable. So, a couple interesting names for sure with the with the pre draft is it's the the later guys that we were able to you know ca- kind of catch wind of.
1: Yeah, I, I think what Washington's interesting to me because I agree with you. I also don't know. You know, Zach Entry is here. I don't know how solidified his roster spot is. I think Connor Hayward's going to end up playing fullback slash like slot slash halfback this season. Like, I don't think he's a tight end. I don't think he's like you can't line you can't line uh Connor Hayward up at a tight end against, you know, Miles Garrett and say, hey, chip this guy. You know, that's not going to work. He's not going to chip him. You might as well put me out there to chip this guy. <laughs> I could I could see them bringing in another tight end and saying, hey, now we have two tight ends that we've been looking for. You know, I don't know how how that complicates things with Fryer Muth. But just like you said, you bounce him out to the slot. You use him as just a receiver. I think it could work. Uh, brazi is an interesting name. Roderick Jones is an interesting name. Um, do you, you don't take the, we talk Jones not showing up Ringo also reportedly not coming in here. You know, that one, that one has less to it because there's not like the reports about, oh, well, he didn't measure at his pro day. They're upset with that one. They still took him out to mm-hmm. dinner, but with everything that's come out, Ringo, I think is interesting right now because Tyreek Stevenson's gaining some speed. Ike Taylor, like. You know, made that. I don't know if you saw that clip where he was I just did. like second round pick. Mm, and I was just like, oh, OK, what does he know that we don't yeah, know? I think
0: he said I think he said uh, a third or fourth round pick. And he said,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." yeah. He goes, mm, I, so I dude. That's they my lied. guy, man, I love uh, like, Do you think that that changes it? Like, do you think that the outlook at corner has changed for you at least at all in these last like week or two?
0: No, I mean, I, I think the corner class, you know, it's got depth. It's got options for them up at the top. You know, yeah. I, I would, I would be a proponent of them finding a way to double dip. I, I really, I like the class. I, okay, that okay, much. okay.
1: Let me, let me ask you this because yeah. we have talked about that so much, and I thought about it in my mock yesterday because I had them going corner. I had them going Deontay Banks at seventeen, but I, I was like that. I like just feel confident that they're going to take a corner at thirty-two or forty-nine. Like, is that? What I, Like, is that out of the realm of possibilities here in your head?
0: I don't know. The, I, I don't think that they, well, I mean, I don't think it's impossible, but I, I doubt they would do it that close together. But when I say yeah. double dip, like taking one at 17 and 32, and then taking one in like the third or fourth round, or like yeah. even if it's a, a, a one of those seventh round flyers, mm-hmm. like – I would be a proponent of that, like 100 um, percent, just because I like the depth of the class. And I think it's one of the it's probably the strongest position group um, in the 2023 NFL draft. So um, and the Steelers, like if you just look at the roster, like Patrick Peterson, probably only going to be here this year. Levi yeah. Wallace last year of his deal. Wait, no, um, no, I
1: thought Peterson was two years. Isn't it two years? And He said he wants to play those two years. We'll see if he gets. We'll there. see if he could. Yeah, and thirty five years old for so a <laughs> uh, corner.
0: Yeah, uh, Levi Wallace last year of his deal. Arthur yeah. Millet last year of his deal. There's just there's not anything in the pipeline for the future. Like, and if you get a chance, like in a draft like this that could potentially push guys down the board that may go a little higher in some other classes. Whatever, I think it's a good idea to at least explore the possibility if the board falls the right way. So, um. Yeah, I mean I I definitely still think, you know, Ringo's probably in the mix. Um, you know, I, I think it's really interesting because I think you can make the argument that corner and tackle are probably going to be the the two positions that most people talk about the most. Yeah. But I I think there's going to be options at both positions even at 32. So like it's not like if you get one at 17, you're not going to be able to get the other like there's guys that I wrote about this uh, yesterday. Like there's guys at tackle that I like at like, if they could get Anton Harrison at 32 yeah, or, you know, I I would be hundred percent on board with that. Or even though if you were able to get DeJuan Jones, like in the second round as well, like those are all fine options and it still allows you to get that corner that you really want at 17, whether that's Joy Porter Jr. Or, you know, Deontay banks or whatever, but um there's gonna they're gonna have options there i think it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out
1: no yeah that definitely is interesting to see how it plays out the the you brought up that that's that's a good one you how long before that tackle class fades into nothing because the tackle class is definitely weaker than yeah. than usually
0: yeah no I, I brought this up the other day like i think this tackle class is getting overrated and I, I just i i really do believe that um I like Paris Johnson. He's he's my um OT1. Um I the way I had it ranked out was Johnson, Darnell Wright, um
1: Darnell Wright was two yeah. over Skaranski.
0: No, I have skoronsky as a guard.
1: Oh, okay, Skaronsky okay, okay. Okay.
0: For me. okay. But uh Paris Johnson, Darnell Wright, Project Jones, Anton Harrison. Was, I think my top 4. Um but yeah, I mean I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I am getting the vibe that the NFL doesn't like this tackle class as much as like the mainstream media does. Like, it seems like, so I think that the, the positions to kind of watch Chicago at nine Mm -hmm. and then Tennessee, like, and you, you can never really count out Philly too, right? Like Philly, like if, if they go like a first two rounds without taking a, defensive lineman or offensive lineman you're freaking shocked so they could take a guy like skaronsky or they could they could even take a guy um you know a tackle or something like that just you know for lane johnson down the road whenever he retires i don't know what they could do but um i definitely think you know if one of chicago and or tennessee doesn't take a tackle i think there's a pretty good chance that like Broderick jones paris johnson darnell Wright, like one to two of those guys are going to be available to them at 17. It's just a matter of like, do they want to pull the trigger? You know?
1: So Broderick Jones is interesting because they've been, there's been a lot of mocks that bring him up to the Steelers and they say like, Mm -hmm. Oh, this guy is phenomenal. Blah, 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 blah. Then you see the remarks of he struggles in pass protection. What did you, have you watched enough film to, to get a read on this guy? Do you have thoughts on him?
0: Yeah. I've watched a good amount of them. Uh, here, here's the thing with jones that is concerning to me personally yeah um i think when you just look at like when you look at his athletic traits the dude's athletic as all get out like i mm-hmm. mean he's powerful he has really good movement um he plays nasty he's an excellent run blocker he's a guy who can pull he can get to the second level whatever you need him to do right there When we're just talking about like him pass protecting against like wide nines at the next level, I think he's going to get absolutely torched um, early in his career. But here's the deal. He's only 20 years old and like the tools are there for him to become like a top 10 tackle one day. I personally am of the belief that he's a year away, though. So like he's not a guy. He is not a guy that I would want playing for me as a rookie and that's just i think that's why that's that's to me where like i think i kind of vary from like a lot of the fan base or maybe other like drive people too i really don't know um where like i really don't see a lot of plug and play offensive linemen in this class like yeah there's a couple and like i like i said i really like roger jones if you're gonna take him with the idea that like we're gonna bring this guy along slowly but like his hands are an absolute mess. Uh, I think that like his footwork and his past sets could use some work too. Like I this is the thing that concerned me about Jones too. Like, I'm a big matchups guy. I talk about this all like every episode with the draft uh pod, but <laughs> I'm a big matchups guy. So like I look for film on matchups against other NFL draft prospects, yeah. Heavy because I want to see you go up against the top competition. Uh BGO Jolari. Was absolutely cooking, Broderick Jones last year. Like they had to. Like BJ had like a five play stretch. I think where he had three pressures and two quarterback hits, and then Georgia Elf. was like, it seemed like Georgia and Ty Monken was like, oh, we need to get the ball out of Stetson Bennett's hand because we don't think we can block this dude. And then I watched him go up against Isaiah Maguire from Missouri, and McGuire was getting into his chest and driving him back uh, in pass pro two so i'm like okay those are those are the two probably best um pass rushers that you're gonna play two of the three four best guys that you're gonna play in the season like if those guys are getting the better of you that's a little concerning to me because like yeah and i like B.J. jolari i I have like uh i think i have like a late or a uh, early second round grade on him or something like that so like he was a guy that i really liked but like how many of the edge rushers next season as a rookie is he going to play that's better than B J Ogallari is right now yeah like, yeah yeah there's going to be a lot of them a so, lot. all of them we could yeah. say
1: every one of them
0: it's going to be it's going to be difficult so i just that's the thing with jones i just um i worry that he's going to go to a team that's going to ask him to come in and play as a rookie and then i think yeah. you know the fan base is going to do this thing that they always do where they get really impatient and a guy struggles as a rookie and the fans get down on him maybe the guy loses confidence you just never know but like he's only 20 years old like i I think he's 20 21 years old like he's a really young kid still so um i think he has a lot of a a good amount of upside i just he scares me a little bit um if you're asking him to come in and play from day one
1: that's what that's my worry in pittsburgh is there's going to be some expectation that he'll start at least from the fan base and then if we're being honest just selfishly i don't want to have to deal with that i don't want to have to be the guy that explains why dan moore is starting again over the rookie that you took in the first round like i'm just i'm not into that life um anton harrison is the other guy that i think was very interesting that came out of that list number four you had him is he what's his development because he i talked to people who are close to him and and his cycle at uh oklahoma and they've said that like this guy could be day one capable if you need him to be. He could also be a developmental piece. But, like, it was very much so mixed reviews from these people.
0: Yeah, I I like Harrison a good amount. Um, I think he is probably in a similar, like, tier in terms of, like, upside um, as Broderick is. I think Broderick's a little more impactful um, as a run blocker than Harrison. But, you know, yeah. Harrison, I think, has some underrated play strength um, just in terms of what people are giving him credit for right now, too. But I really like Harrison's footwork. Um, you know, he he's a guy that I think um, has really good hands in pass protection. Um, the thing with Harrison I think that's going to be interesting is um, one of the biggest kind of concerns or question marks you have about his game is um, he played in that RPO-heavy yep. um, system at Oklahoma. There's just not – like, you'll watch him and he'll go, like, 10 straight s- snaps without really having to drop back in a true drop back like vertical yeah. or a 45 set like he's literally they're they're just play action they move the pocket it's rpo heavy like he's not going up against like wide nines where he's just having a like vertical set um you know 25 30 times a game which is probably more so realistic of what he's going to be asked to do at the next level so Playing more wide nine rushers and then having some more experience, just putting more reps on tape of him, like being able to, you know, true drop back sets um, is a question mark for him. But he's another guy, really young, really athletic. I think he's got underrated play strength. Um, Love the way he uses his hands and pass pro, independent hands. He'll switch up his, uh, his techniques and his sets. I just... I just think, um, you know, there's a little more cloudy of a, you know, immediate translation just because we haven't seen him do some of the stuff he'll be asked to do um, as a rookie.
1: Yeah, 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 I feel that. All right. So we just I think we've just gone full circle here. We've done as much draft talk as humanly possible for 25 minutes. The big question. The only remaining question. We are six days away from the NFL draft. Who the hell are the Steelers going to take at 17? Or who are they gonna take it? seven? Who like if you if you had to guess, you know, like somebody who's like, hey, you you get this correct, we'll give you a $1 billion dollars. 1732. Oh man, I want to say 49, but 49 is getting a little that's getting dangerous. I feel like at 49, anything could happen. 1732. You got any thoughts?
0: Uh if if I can hedge and pick one offensive player and one defensive player for 17. I okay. thought about this okay. when, we, when we were talking uh, yesterday about potential topics for the pod. The last pod before the draft. The um, last
1: pod before. That's how close we are. Like that's I think that's the significance of this, is when you texted me back last night, and you were just like, yeah, I got no idea. I was like, we are still st- from when the Pittsburgh Steelers pick, and that's how well they've done. Just being like, we have nothing for you. Nothing at all.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm gonna do it. I I'm gonna be (laughs) real cliche, and I'm gonna say the defensive pick, if I had to guess, is gonna probably be Joey Porter Jr.
1: I saw that one coming.
0: I I I just think the NFL bloodlines, the man, the press man skills, um, the size. You know, he tested extremely well, probably better than anyone imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think that there's, you know, he, we've checked all the boxes. They were at his pro day, um, formal visit at the combine, pre-draft visit. He was a local guy, so he didn't count, I guess, their top th- uh, the thirties. But um, there's every box that we need checked, really, for a, a typical first-round pick for the Steelers over the last, like, decade or two. He checks every box. Yep. Um So he would be probably my best guess if I was to guess a defensive player. If I'm guessing an offensive player, I think that's where it gets really interesting because I don't know if Porter is going to be there at 17, but I think there's a decent chance. Um, The guy that I feel like most confident is going to be there at 17, I think is going to be Darnell Wright. And I'm not – I'm not like – That probably is a little bit early for him, honestly. Like, I think in a perfect world, like, everybody always says, like, trade back, trade back, trade back, like – it takes two, like you got to have somebody willing to, yeah. like, who is someone else coming up to get? Like, that's the yeah, thing. that's what I'm saying. 17 um,
1: if 17 is a dead zone for you, it's a dead zone for the entire NFL. Well, like, yeah,
0: it could be like, or like maybe a scenario where somebody's coming up to get. I know, like, Hendon Hooker's getting like weird first round vibes right now. True, like,
1: Hendon Hooker could be the name, Will Levis could slide, yeah, you know what I maybe, mean?
0: Like, maybe one of these quarterbacks fall. I true. don't, who knows what happens, but I, I think that darn all right just when I look at um you know Pat Mayer like his philosophy in terms of how he coaches um the offensive line position Andy Weidel you know coming over from Philly maybe them just trying to completely overhaul this offensive line and trying to um you know really give this offense an identity of just being some maulers up front and I think Darnell right. Like me, he fits that mold. Like he's a nasty dude. Um, And, you know, he checks a lot of the boxes, like the visits, the, you know, the top thirties, like he checks a lot of the boxes. So uh, those would be my two best guesses. I just full disclosure. Like I told you last night, I really have no idea. And this is the (laughs) first time like forever. Like I I really like was actually nervous because I think I've only, I've written up mock drafts the last three years um and i've only done like two predicted mocks well in, yeah. in the last 3 years i've gotten at least one pick right and i yeah, really want to continue that streak but good i luck. don't know if i'm going to be able to do that this nah. year just cuz like i don't i don't feel as good about the round 1 um you know where they could be going so i don't know
1: they have they've have no, like i just like you like i every year on this beat i've gotten somebody right and for the most part it's been the first round pick like i messed up last year thought it was malik willis everybody thought it was malik willis this year i'm just like you man like i'm just sitting here i'm just like there's a million different scenarios and the teams in front of them could change everything like there's nobody that's going to be here that you're like oh well that guy's going to be there at 17 it's like maybe i maybe i have no idea um all right so my two i'll go one on each two i'm gonna man like, Joey Porter Jr. is the name. Obviously, he should remain the name. But I'm with you. Like, I just don't. I have such a hard time believing that this guy slides to 17. Especially if, like, if Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon go, like, 6-7, there's no way 10 more picks are going by and nobody's taking a corner. Like, that's just not going to happen. And, I mean, maybe Deontay Banks passes these guys. But I, I, just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Joey Porter jr. Is probably the name I'll stick with Joey Porter jr. I'll go Joey Porter jr. Um, I'm not going to go Darnell, Wright. I'm not going to go an offensive guy. I think the other guy is possibly, possibly Brian, uh, Brzee. I think that, I think that he's checked off all the boxes. You know, he matches that entire alignment. The Steelers have liked this guy since day one, there were like reports when the Keeley Ringo thing started to like really gain some, some steam, His name was out there, too, like in that group of these are the two guys that the Steelers love. And we kind of just like ignored that one and just stuck with Ringo. So I think he's a possibility there at 17. Plus, I think he's going to be there at 17. Like, he's really the only guy that I'm like, well, he, you know, he fits the value of 17. He'll probably be there at 17. There's just no like, where are you going to play him? Are you going to? Draft a guy at 17 to come off the bench behind Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi. And what if, like, what if Cam Hayward just plays forever? Because at this point, that's a real possibility. You know, I don't know when he's going to retire. 32 gets very interesting. So, say they go both scenarios again. This is how we'll wrap this up here. You you draft, say you drafted Joey Porter Jr. or Darnell Wright at, at 17. Who's your guess at 32?
0: Hmm uh man that's tough
1: yeah yeah it's so tough i, I don't know
0: I, I can't really think about who they would take at 32 like i said i, I personally if, if they could get anton harrison if he was still on the board at 32 yeah. I, I would be 100 on board with that um if they you, just swapped those positions um, do you think
1: that uh because I, I think the other way around here is probably tyreek stevenson at 32 possibly yeah,
0: I, he would be a name on day two. I think I personally haven't watched, I've watched like three games of Stevenson. I think 32 is early for him
1: early. But, like at, at the beginning of this, he was like a 42. Like he was like that Julius Brent's range. Yeah. Now, I, I, I personally think the sign to think it's 17.
0: Yeah. I personally think that's early. I, I'll say, um, I'll stick with who I had mocked there last time or the first mock I did. Um, with Emmanuel Forbes, I think yeah, Emmanuel Forbes, Keely Ringo, those two guys, I think, uh, would be guys that they'd probably be interested in for different reasons um, if they were there at 32 and if they took, you know, a tackle at
1: 17. Yeah, darn all right at 17. Do you, where does Ringo, what's Ringo's range? Because I think that's the name to watch in the second round, him and Stevenson. What's their, like, what's their range in your eyes? Like, where do you go? Will they be there? Do you think they could be there at 49? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, maybe Ringo's a tough one yeah Ringo's a tough one because just I think that it'll just depend you know he's a guy that needs a lot of uh technical development like little Mm -hmm. stuff that needs to change with his technique um it's I, I don't I don't think he gets out of the top 50 because Guys built like him with that mm. type of production that are twenty one years old, that just that type of profile typically goes in round one. Yeah, I was gonna um, say if this was and the it's not like class, the tape was top fifteen. It's not like the tape was bad either. Like yeah. even um, I broke him down to uh, a lot, but you know, even like when he gets beat on a play, like you can easily point to why that is. Um, he yeah. does have some deficiencies. I think he's a little bit tight. Um, I don't think the change of direction skills are very good either, but in terms of like just being a bully and a linear athlete, the dude can freaking fly. Like, I I don't think he, I don't think he knows how fast he is honestly, because he plays like he runs like a four or five, um, even though he's clearly a four, three guy, um, even in pads. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I would be kind of surprised if he was there at 49, to be honest though.
1: Yeah, forty nine is an interesting spot for me because just like you said, like I could think I could see both of them gone, but I also could see like thirty-two where they're stuck with a dilemma where maybe a guy like Flowers or Addison is sitting there as well and they're like, Oh, well, we did really like these guys. They probably carry more value at 32 than the other two. It's interesting. It's interesting. We are literally six days away. We just had a full 25 minute conversation about how the Pittsburgh Steelers, we have no idea where they're going. In the NFL draft. That's interesting. That's that's a very exciting time. I will say this before we head out the whole Jalen Carter stuff. um, I did a little digging hit up a couple of people, you know, that I know floating around the top 10. And the vibe is not actually I got somebody who laughed at me um, who said no, no shot. Um, The vibe is not that the Steelers are going to have an opportunity to draft jalen carter so we could scratch that one off unfortunately it just feels like he's going at five that was the thing is it was just like if he's not gone at five everybody behind them will be shocked and then i talked to you know i talked to somebody with the bear who covers the bears i should say and you know they were a little uh they're definitely I, i don't know i don't know how to i don't know what the right word was but their response was just like well they'd have to give up the house to come up to nine and i'm like i don't think you know who omar Khan is or what they did to the Bears the last time, but okay, you know I get what you I get what you're saying here, um, so I, I think we could rule that one out, which just makes everything I think so much more difficult, so much more difficult. Gra- draft night's gonna be excited though. Next time we talk, there will be a uh, there will be a 17th pick, which is super exciting actually, and we'll be talking about 32. And chances are we're both totally wrong because that's you know that's typically what happens here, but that's what's fun about the NFL draft. With that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anything, anywhere you get your podcasts and check out all of mine Derek's work at AllSteelers.com. Also, go su- subscribe to Derek's YouTube channel, Steelers underscore DB. I will be back on Monday with Steven. Enjoy another beautiful week in the Berg. Peace.